here with you all. And uh, last week, part one, we focused on um, the, the, the portion in Romans where Paul speaks and shares about the body of, uh, of Christ. And uh, I read a, a portion from Ephesians. We're not going to go there tonight. We're going to instead look at 1 Corinthians 12 tonight and just pick some sections out of that just to focus on. And then um, last week, <clears throat> the Romans passage, let me just read it for a bit of context. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself, uh, sorry, you, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say that through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he or she ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And then this is the part that we used um, to kind of kick off last week. For as we, okay, that's the ecclesia, we talked about that, or the church, uh, those Paul is writing to, have many members or parts in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of another. And um, I, know you, I know many of you like this other version that I used last week, and I really like it myself. For, I, for in the same way that one body has so many different parts, each with different functions, we too, the many, are different parts that form one body in the anointed one. Each of us is joined together with one another, and we become together what we cannot, what we could not be alone. And I know a lot of you really appreciated that version of that verse, and I, I love that. Our focus tonight, as I've said, is on 1 Corinthians 12. And Paul begins chapter 12 um, of his first letter to the Corinthians with an emphasis on what he calls spiritual gifts. And I know most of you in this church have heard many times Pastor Allen's done a number of series on the spiritual gifts. And Paul wants them to know how integral a part they are in the proper functioning of the local body of believers. And I'm so glad that we still hold to this and that we buy into this and we still have the gifts in operation today. And Paul tells the believers that he does not want them to be ignorant, okay? Or another way of saying that would be to be uninformed. Paul wants them to understand the matters of spiritual gifts. He speaks of a diversity of gifts, but from the same spirit. Sorry. He then writes about um, a difference of ministries, but all serve the one Lord. He then talks about the diversities of activities, but that it's the same God who works in all of these gifts and through all of them, okay? But the vital thing that he makes clear is that all of the gifts, all of the activities, all of the diversities, Amen. all of these different and diverse giftings are given to the body of Christ, the church, for what? For the profit of all, okay? Now that's not P-R-O-P-H-E-T, it's the P-R-O-F-I-T. That could be a song, Sunday school song, okay? For the P-R-O-F-I-T of all of us, okay? That's why we have the gifts. Listen to this passage in the New Living Translation, okay? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So here we see who the spirit is, who the source is. It's God himself. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord, okay? So no matter what kind of service you're in, you're serving the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Okay, it's the same work in every single one of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help 
each other. And that's I want you to focus on that last part tonight so we can help each other. It's for the profit of all. Now this sounds exactly like what Paul wrote to the, to the Romans in last week's study. And it is the same because this is a consistent message. Okay, This is a consistent message from the hand of Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul never changes his mind on this and hasn't to this day. So we can ask Paul, are there different kinds of gifts? Paul would say, yes, there are. But it's the same Spirit who's the source of them all. Paul, is there a variety and a diversity of abilities in the local church? Paul would say, yes, there is. And this is the way that God designed it. Okay, This is the way God wanted it to be. There's various types of service and ministry, but all serving the same Lord. Church, we're all serving the same Lord. Amen. I want to say, and you're awful good, and you do listen really, really well, but if you agree, say amen, amen. all right? I'll keep, keep Felgate awake, because he told me he's tired tonight. <laughs> and Big Alan's always trying to catch a few Z's. Church, listen, God loves variety, and he loves diversity, okay? And I've said some of this last week, but it's important to cover. And his heart, okay, I think God, I believe God's heart is that the variety and the diversity lead us into unity, He wants unity, not uniformity, okay? Uniformity is boring, it's mundane. If everyone's got the same gifts, if everyone's doing the same thing, the church would be a boring place, but it's not. It's an exciting place. It's full of variety. And what do they say? Variety is the vice of life. So very good tonight. So our God, he is a creative God. We know that. Look Look at the universe that he created. It's incredible. He designed us all to be different so that we could have this diversity in the body of Christ. Look, if you had five people in here tonight, there's diversity. We have maybe 50 here. This is a room filled with diversity and with variety. But it's a body, we, we, we covered this last week, it's a body with many members, many working parts, working together, functioning as it should, a diversity of gifts, a variety of ministry, but all done by the same Spirit for the same Lord in unity and in love. Amen? Amen. Paul continues this same thing in tonight's reading in 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Isn't that lovely? By one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now, I know when we hear the word baptism, we think of the baptistry in the church and we think of immersion in Jesus' name, okay? But Paul here is not talking about water baptism, right? This is spirit baptism, spirit baptism. This is what what one commentator called the common immersion that all believers experience that brings them into and unites them into one body, okay? This is a spiritual immersion, a spiritual baptism. And that's how each one of you got here. That's how I got here. We were all spiritually immersed in that living water. Amen. That's how you became attached to the body of Christ. That's because you've been baptized by one spirit into one body. And what about the other phrase that Paul uses here? He writes, you've all been made to drink, to drink into one spirit. Maybe you're thirsty. I am. I'm going to have a wee drink here. Mm. Always talk about Doreen. Always, what, what it used to be, a wee orange juice or a wee lime? A wee bit of lime. 
Lovely touch. Now it's just plain oil water. I had to get it myself too. His <laughs> churches went downhill, I'm telling you. We could do with a few more doorings, eh? Uh-huh. Believers, fellow believers tonight, we are all drinking of the same spirit. Imagine there's a big cup in here, a big bowl. We're all drinking from it. You know, I don't believe it was a one-time glass. It wasn't a one-time cup that when you finished it, it was gone. This is a continual, ongoing, routine, regular, whatever way you want it, daily drinking from the Spirit of God. And that's one of the greatest benefits of being part of his glorious and wonderful body. We continually get to drink from that Spirit. Okay, I want to point out here, in the two verses I've read, because I think this is important, that Paul uses this word heis, or heis, the Greek word, okay, six times. That's the word that we have translated as one, okay? I think Paul is trying to get something across here, okay? If you were to write something, two, two sentences and use the same word six times, you're trying to make a point, am I right? One body, one body, one body, one spirit, one body, one spirit, one. It's all one. It's all the same. And then comes the clear truth again that we read, that we read, sorry, in Romans 12. Who, who designed the English language that read and read are the same word, but they're spelled the same? <laughs> when you're reading, reading that, it doesn't help you. Okay, we read this in Romans 12 last week. And here it is again in 1 Corinthians 12, 14. This metaphor that we talked about. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Okay. We looked at it, many parts, one body, just like ours. Many members, one body. Various parts, various members who bring to the body those gifts, those talents and activities, but all making up the one body. And that's the way that God designed his body, with great diversity, but diversity in unity, all right? Diversity with a common root and a common goal. We're all running towards the same place. We're all going towards the same destination, now back to the text in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul continues to write, For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Okay? And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Okay? I think we're, we're, we're getting to the point where we understand what Paul's trying to say. Okay? This is a fascinating portion of scripture given to the body of believers in Corinth for their benefit to encourage and bless them. And I hope it does the same for us tonight. I want to break it down into smaller sections. We're not going to spend too long on each, but just, just to, to try and get through it so that we understand what Paul's saying. And keep in your mind all the time, Paul's using metaphor. Keep in your mind a human body. Okay? That's what he's using. That's what he's given to us to try and understand the body of Christ. Okay? So in verses 15 and 16, we, we, we read about some parts of the body who feel in themselves. Okay? So some parts of our body might feel in themselves excluded from the body because the part feels that it does not have the ability or gifting of another part. 
which it considers to be more valuable and important. Does that make sense? Okay, so this, this part of the body is actually excluding itself. Okay, now, I don't know what kind of people existed in this day, but we've got people here with a talking foot. Someone's got a foot that talks, and someone's got an ear that talks, okay? So the foot, this talking foot, feels in some sense inferior to the hand, and then we have this talking ear, and this ear feels in some sense inferior to the eye. And this is a part of the body which is saying to itself, I don't have that certain gift. I don't, I'm not blessed with that certain gift. I'm not as important or necessary as those who do have that, okay? So the foot is looking at the hand, looking up at, well, does the foot have eyes? I don't know. <laughs> this is weird, okay? I would love to see a drawing of this. So with this talking foot, looking up at the hand and saying, I'm not a hand, so I'm going to exclude myself from the body because I, I can't do what the hand can do. This is a part of the body that's dealing with, a fe with feelings of inferiority. This part of the body, this foot, that because it does not have the gifting of the hand or of, or of any other part that it's watching, it feels like it's of little use and is possibly unnecessary, that it's not needed. But you know what, church? Nothing could be further from the truth in the body of Christ. That's not the way it is. Why? I've already talked about it. Because diversity within the body is essential. I mean essential. It's all about diversity and variety. Every part of your body is necessary and we need every member in our body to play its part in the functioning of our bodies. And it's exactly the same for the body of Christ. Look, no matter what you are, whether you're a foot, <laughs> don't know anyone who wants to be a foot anyway. <laughs> Whether you're a foot, a hand, an eye, or an ear, or a toe, or a finger, a leg, or an arm, doesn't matter what it is, you are necessary and you are a needed part in the body of Christ. That's what you need to go away with tonight, knowing that you're needed. And I know that we all deal with feelings of inferiority at times. Look, we're human, I, I get it. I've felt that infer inferiority complex where you're maybe looking at someone else, I wish I could do what they could do. I wish God would give me that gift. I wish I had the things that they have. Focus on the thing that you do have. Amen. Focus on the things that God has given you to do. I said it last week, keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay in your lane and focus on that gifting that God's given you. I want each of you to know tonight that no matter how you feel about what you bring to the body, what you bring to this church, what you bring to the body of Christ, and what you do as you serve, that you are necessary and that you are needed. There are the two words tonight, necessary and needed. Look, we need you. We need you in this church. And God needs you. The body of Christ needs you. We need diversity. Why? Well, Paul tells us this. This is in the New Living. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was in the air, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. When I was speaking last week, I said about, like imagine if I was up here and I was just a big belly. Well, I am a big belly, but if I was just a belly or if I was just a nose, how, that would be weird, okay? 
That's not what God wanted. He wanted my body to have many different parts. Church, if we were one giant eye, we couldn't hear a thing. If we were one massive ear, we couldn't smell anything. No. This, that's not how God designed our human bodies, and it's not how he designed the body of Christ either. Look at your body. It's many parts. We talked about it last, external and internal. Listen to this. Listen to what Paul says. God has put each part just where he wants it. All right? Both in your physical body and in the body of Christ. You've been put just where God wants you with your specific calling, your gifting, your talents, your abilities, your person. Yes, that awful personality that you have. God give you that too and your character, okay? God wants to use all of those things. And look how Paul finishes this paragraph. And I can kind of, I imagined him kind of smiling and having a bit of a chuckle to himself as he writes this. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. It would be ridiculous. And Paul is right, it would be so strange. In fact, if a body was one part, it would cease to be a body. Because a body, by definition, is made up of many different parts, as we've heard many times. It wouldn't be a body. It would actually be something else entirely. Church, these aren't my words. This is God's word. By now, sorry, but now, oh, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? Did you see that? He has set the members in their place where it pleased him. We'll talk about a few P's last week, okay? Place, you have a place and it pleases God. This is the beautiful body of believers and it's God's design. He's the designer and it's his desire. And do you know what this should do? This is where it gets serious tonight. All of this, should take away any pride that any of us have in the body of Christ, okay? Wherever you've been placed, remember you've been placed there by God, okay? Very easy for us to become prideful. Look what I'm doing. Look what God's given me. Look where, look where God's using me. I'm, I'm the man. <laughs> Let's rid ourselves of all pride and remember what you're doing, where you are, God has placed you there. You're only there by his grace and his goodness. Keep it at the forefront of your mind. Never get too big for your boots or God might decide to perform another wee bit of surgery and put someone in your place, okay? You are where you are by the grace and goodness of God and don't forget it. I'm speaking to myself too, by the way. Stay humble, how difficult is it for us as humans to have humility? But we need to keep our feet planted firmly on the ground and do what God has called us to do with humility. Don't get much amens to that. <laughs> Amen? And then we hear the truth repeated once again. But now indeed there are many members yet one body. Okay, and Paul continues. And the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. 
No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour, and our presentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honour to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Look, in our previous verses, we had those who suffer with this inferiority complex and who maybe feel less needed than others. But now we come across a part of the body that feels that it has no need for the other parts. Okay? This is quite different here. We have an eye Again, it's a talking eye, okay? We have an eye saying to the hand and saying to the feet, I don't need you. I have no need of you. Church, what did we just talk about? Pride. That's nothing but pride. Here is a part of the body that has a sense of superiority, okay? We all know what that is, having a sense of superiority. A part that feels that it's better than every other part and doesn't actually need the other parts to help. Paul says, this is an impossibility. It's impossible. Why? Why is it impossible? Because all parts need the other parts to function as the body. It's just a fact. No one can do it on their own. No man, is an, no, man no woman is an island. Every part of the body needs every other part. Every member needs every other member. Why? So that, what we, so, that what, so that we can do together what we cannot do alone. Amen? Amen. Amen? That's why. Look, let me make it plain and clear. If you don't think that you need the rest of the body of Christ, if you don't think that you need us, that you can do it alone, you're wrong. You're plain wrong, okay? You're in error. You need us and we need you. You actually need me. Well, and <laughs> or surprise. Um, and I need you. We all need each other. Verse 22 tells us, sorry, that's not even. Paul tells us that those members who seem to be weaker Okay, those who seem to be weaker in the body are necessary. Paul here is talking about the parts of the bodies that probably are more susceptible to injury. Okay, verse 22 is concerned with the more sensitive parts of the body. We only have, <laughs> we only have a few sensitive ones in here. Eh? Not, sensitive, not sensitive in that area though. It's, it's more is it susceptible or susceptible? Susceptible, okay. To injury, say the eyes or the extremities, like your fingers, your ears, and your nose. Those things are, you know, you're more chance of cutting off a finger than anything else, right? But these things, though they may be small, and, and maybe you don't think about them much, they're so, so important. They're vital and they're necessary. Brenda was telling me, is, my, is your mommy here about Marion? No way, you've got a wee bit of her. And you find it hard to like lift the... Can't lift the jug. Can't lift the jug. 
And she's literally missing a small wee bit of her baby finger. But that's how much impact it has on your hand, on, on lifting stuff. Okay? You might think it won't matter, but marrying it matters, doesn't it? Yeah. So those things are vital and necessary. These sensitive parts, those most susceptible to, I'm never going to use this word again, susceptible to injury are very necessary. These are the parts of the body that we might consider of low importance, okay? As I've said, until it gets hurt or injured. And then you realize, Marion, do you miss the top of your finger? You need to say yes for it to work. Help me out here. Right, yeah, she said yes. <laughs> okay, then in verse 23, Paul talks about the parts that are considered less honorable and unpresentable. So I always read this and I was like, I have no idea what, what, this, is, what this is talking about. What is Paul trying to say here? Well, simply, I, I believe that the less honorable and unpresentable parts are those such as the lungs, the heart, and the stomach, okay? Now, I don't think that the heart is less honorable, but we've got to go with the language that Paul uses. These might be considered weaker when compared to the likes of our arms and legs, okay? So your lungs, your stomach, your internal organs, okay? Whereas your arms and legs are, would be considered strong. But we all know that these parts are essential if we want to continue living. If you want to get up in the morning, okay, you could probably get away with not having an arm, but you couldn't get away with having no heart. If your heart packs in, that's you done, okay? And Paul writes that we cover these parts, we cover them with clothing, we protect them, we bestow on them a greater honor, okay? Because these parts are, in a sense, they're sacred, they're protected, and they're valuable. These parts are special, but they're vital and as important as every other part of the bodies, Okay? And then look at what Paul, I don't want to spend any more time on that because time's rushing on. But in, ver, in the next part of what Paul writes, he says, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Okay, the new living has it like this. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Are we okay for a bit more time? Another five minutes? You sure? Okay. Look, I think what Paul is trying to do, he's trying to cover all the bases. He's still focused on this metaphor of the body. And he's just writing a few sentences about the different parts, your extremities, your internal organs. He's trying to cover everything, the sensitive parts, the not so sensitive parts, the strong parts, the weaker parts of our bodies, okay? I don't think we should get too caught up in the, in, in the, in the, in the detailed words. I think he's just trying to cover all the bases here. Okay, why, why does he do this? Why does Paul do this? Well, verse 25 tells us, so that there is harmony among all the members, so that all the members care for each other. Okay, and I want to close with a few thoughts on this tonight. Look, church, God has joined this body together. Whatever way you feel about it, whatever way you feel about the other people in this church, God has joined us together. Okay? He has placed all the parts where he desires and where it has brought him pleasure. And God doesn't want any kind of schism. What's schism? Division. God does not want division in this body, okay? He doesn't want division in the body of Christ worldwide and he doesn't want it in the local fellowships because there's no place for it. 
And we are to do everything we can individually as the church to fight for unity while maintaining this wonderful God-given diversity and variety that's been placed in this house. I love uh, that word that the New Living Translation uses, harmony, okay? And I love it because it's a musical word, okay? And I, and I love music, as you know. There's nothing like hearing a great three or four part harmony. All of the harmony lines follow the melody line in unity, okay? It's not uniformity, it's unity in diversity, not in division. Harmony is togetherness, many members, but one body, okay? Let me just show you quick, right? Where's Karen? Karen, you're gonna sing the alto, okay? Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're... Mark, alto, or tenor, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Mark kind of ruined it, but so it was all right. They know, I'll ask you next time. So you can hear what happened there. I'm singing the melody. Karen joins with her harmony. Mark joins with his. That's what harmony is. The three of us singing our own parts, but we're all singing the same thing, okay? Diversity and unity. What, what, what does this lead to? What should it lead to in the body of Christ? That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. That we should have the same care for one another. Amen. Harmony and unity among all the members of the body. What does that lead to? It leads, it should lead to all the members caring for one another. That is the beauty of the body of Christ. This is the way that God designed our bodies and this is what he desires for the body of Christ, his own body with Christ as the head. This Greek word cur, okay, merimnaho, to cur for, to look out for. Oh. I want to ask you a wee question as we close tonight and I want you to think about this. In this body of Christ, in the body of Christ, are you playing your part as a caregiver? A caregiver. What is care? It's the process of protecting someone or something and providing what that person or thing needs. You see, the church should be and needs to be a body in which all the members have the same care for one another. That's what we're called to. Are you a caregiver or are you a care receiver? I hope you're both. You should be both. But maybe you're more one than the other. And maybe it's time to fix that. Are you playing your part in the body? Protecting, providing for the other members and parts of this body? You see, church, this body can only function at its best when we are caring for one another. With love, with peace, 
with patience, with temperance, with self-control, in unity, in community, in harmony. Romans 12.10 says this, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Galatians 6.2, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We are all called to be caregivers within this body. If one of us suffers, we all suffer. Just like your physical body suffers when one of its members is hurt or injured, with your body, with your other members, you, you look after that injured part of your body, don't you? You bandage up that hand, you put a plaster on your foot, on that part of the body that's been hurt, and it's to be exactly the same in the body of Christ. There's to be the same care for one another. Every one of you is a member and a part of the body of Christ, placed here by his design with a purpose alongside all the other parts. Church, there's to be no pride in the body, no pride. There's to be no sense of superiority in the body because the body will only function when there is humility among its members alongside a sense of purpose and peace. I've said it before, we're all on a level playing field. You might be a heart, you might be a finger, you might be a stomach, you might be a nose or a toe. Serve the body. Serve the body. Wherever God has placed you in the body, serve him and serve the body. Be a team player and be a caregiver, okay? Be a team player and be a caregiver. Know that God has placed you where it brought him pleasure and play your part in the body as we live out his purpose where he has called us. Paul closes this portion and paragraph with another reminder of the truth concerning the beautiful body of believers. Again, and it's, <laughs> he, gets into the, he writes the same thing over and over, but I think he's trying to get something through to us. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay? Here's a version I really like. You are the body of the anointed, the liberating king. Each and every one of you is a vital member. A vital member. And let's finish with this. For in the same way that one body has so many different parts, each with different functions, we too, the many, are different parts that form one body in the anointed one. Each of us is joined with one another and we become together what we could not be alone. Let's be caregivers. Let's be team players. Okay? Let's just have, let, I just want this church to be a place of love and unity. Community, where we look out for the needs of others and not just of ourselves. Let's get rid of all the pride that we have and let's be humble. Let's come humbly before the Lord and serve him with the gifts that he's given each of us individually and let's enjoy that diversity in unity. Okay, church? Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you so much for your attention.